Welcome to the GSI Marketing Podcast with your hosts, Redbeard and Evan, where we give you the digital marketing insights you need to make people think you're the smartest person in the room. Evan, we're back. It's good to be back, Redbeard, GS on Marketing Podcast. Oh man, we're everywhere now. We're on we're not just on iTunes. We're on that Google Play. Yeah, what Stitcher? Stitcher, wherever else you can find a podcast. Like we're on it now. What's the actual typical download rates for those different platforms? Because iTunes is is crushing everybody for it, right? Like I don't know the actual typical download rates for the other platforms, but I feel like, you know, you just have like the one RSS feed, right? So like basically you're everywhere and where people like want to listen, right? Yeah. So like everyone has their own preference. Like you can't say like, oh, nobody listens to Google Play or nobody. Like some people do, right? Oh, yeah. That's where they want to get the content. If they got those droid phones, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. And that's what I was just saying is that iTunes is probably has the the lion's share of it all, but he's got to make it up for the other ones, right? Yeah. like, Like I like to use like you know like that you know different podcast apps right but they're still like pulling from like either itunes or like that rss feed still the same thing what's that new one you just downloaded uh podcaster yeah that's it how's that been going it's uh i actually i actually like really like some of the features on it and um just a lot of it's different like it has a cool like little night mode and um, just because of some cool features like sleep modes and stuff like that, or you can speed up the talk. And nice. That's cool. Cuts out all the silence. You know, I do that sometimes on, like, Audible books that I get. They have the ability where you can listen to it a lot faster than they're actually talking. So it helps you get through a lot more content faster when you're doing that. Yeah, sometimes, though, I like to just, like, slow it down so really? it takes, like, twice <laughs> as long. <laughs> you should do that with our podcast so you can enjoy it even more. <laughs> sometimes I'll just hit like really slow and then just leave the room yeah oh, that's solid i mean that's what wait that's what you do with our podcast <laughs> <laughs> you gotta pad those stats you know nice hey whatever works so whatever works looking at getting anything for prime day huh? anything you're targeting i'm so excited about prime day yeah i'm not targeting anything specific <laughs> but like i just have like stuff i've been putting on wish lists so like for a while they're like oh maybe i'll buy so like like for prime day like i want to like go on and see if if uh, hey, maybe those are on sale now. Oh you know? yeah, mm-hmm. the, you know the problem is there's different deals at different times. So you can look up the upcoming deals, but to know if something's gonna go on sale, you almost got to keep checking it, which is really the beauty of of the day for them. Yeah, what's crazy is like you can go on their site and almost like map out like you know Prime Day, like what you know you can see like upcoming deals and stuff like that. Get alerts. Yeah, there's a lot of good websites out there cool. too that give you some good resources on what deals are coming out there because a lot of brands want to promote that they're going to have a Prime deal, right? They paid money to get on there basically, so they want to push it. I bought several things last year that I didn't even know I wanted. <laughs> like, what? give me an example of one. I'm just like, oh, that looks really cheap. Oh, just like I bought like a randomly bought like a battery pack like for phones, you know. <laughs> Or like, you're just like, I'm like, I didn't know I needed that. But actually, I use it all the time, you know. Or like, it's just nice to have a battery pack like in your backpack. Oh, yeah. In case yeah. you run out of juice. Is that the one that you just plug in there and it just gives you like a full battery full of charge? Is that yeah, you, you get like a yeah. full phone charge or tablet charge, you know. I, I bought one of those at the checkout line at a store one time. And I think it was like Walmart I was at, too. Like, just at the checkout line, randomly saw that and bought it. Nice. I don't know if it works. I haven't I haven't, I haven't used it yet. <laughs> <laughs> 
But you have it, and that's the thing. Yeah, like, just somewhere. In case. Like, I, I couldn't tell you where right now. It, it was a. It was on a whim. It was only like ten dollars. Nice. Yeah, I. I just like. I just like going on there and I'm like you know. Sometimes I find like Christmas gifts. Like I think last year I bought like before I even got one. I bought like two or three Echoes. Oh yeah, yeah. You were talking about that before, and, like, and I didn't even get one for myself. And I was like, "Why didn't I buy one? It was such a good deal." <laughs> well, now it's almost like you have to have one of those. Well, the thing is, like everyone I gave the echoes to, like loved them and kept talking them up. And then I was like, "Oh, I should probably get one of those." Well, and they're only going to get better too with everybody adding their different skills on it. I really like mine. Yeah, me too. It's pretty cool. Yeah. What you have the uh, Google Home too, don't you? Yeah, I have both. So like, I have like I have the Echo. Um, down in my little like podcast room area, and then I have the Google Home like up in the living room. Oh, nice! And just uh, and basically, I got them. I don't, I don't like one more than the other, I guess. But I use the Echo as like an actual computer speaker. Um, so that's pretty cool, like a Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, they do have a good speaker on there. Um, but as far as information, I mean, they're both like pretty good, pretty spot on. Who do you think's gonna win, or is it gonna be both of them, or is Apple gonna come out there? I mean, which one's gonna be the dominant? I don't know, dude. Well, like, Echo, to me, they're completely different. Like, Echo's got that whole, like, shopping experience built in. So you're already in Amazon. You're already in Prime. And they have that whole, like, their own music library and everything like that. So, like, that's really cool. And they got those skills and stuff. But, like, Google's more like, like, the Google, like, I use it for mostly probably, like, for, you know, Google, like, the My Business kind of results. Right. You know, what time's a store closing, you know, kind of thing. But Alexa works like that, too. and Yeah, know, well, that's the thing. Like, I've used them similar, so hmm. I don't know if anybody wins, but you're accessing two really good databases. Yeah, it'll be <laughs> you know? interesting to see how voice search plays out, right? Because that's really going to be the next dominant force, just like mobile took over and changed everything. Voice is going to do the same thing. For sure. So... Part of, I guess, preparing everything for search and everything else, let's talk a little bit about some SEO topics. What do you think? Nice. We love SEO. Search engine optimization. That's what we do. Right? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, like, now, like, with Google, like, now the lacing is, like, like speed is everything, right? Yeah. Your website's got to be the fastest, load fastest. You get better... You know, better rankings if you have a faster site potentially. Yeah. Right? Well, and it comes down to the user experience as part of that too, right? And that's what Google's really trying to do with all of this, you know, force updates in terms of like the SSLs, for example, right? When that rolled through just a few months ago and, you know, they started making that, you know, an indicator or a factor. As, well, as part yeah, of like now, you know, July, like you get red flagged if you don't have SSO. Exactly. Right. And they're starting you know? to Chrome browser is going to warn people when they're trying to enter it in. You know, they're saying, hey, the site's not secure. You know, that all hurts the user experience. And, and they're doing the same thing with speed now that more people are accessing on their mobile, you know, phones. Right. Everybody's got a smartphone. Pretty much everybody's using it. Right. I say everybody is in the, you know, large scale. I understand that there's a lot of people that still aren't type of approach but you look at that you know you need to have that fast because you got 4g lte that's not everywhere right (laughs) (laughs) i mean even driving into work i hit a 3g zone yeah randomly you're on that extended network (laughs) (laughs) and it is really slow when anything's trying to load on that right because it just makes such a big difference so as you start to go through and start to make these changes you know google's starting to favor that and now they have that mobile first index Oh, yeah. Mobile first is huge. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of different things. And it really depends on, like, 
you know, what platform you're on too, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> of how you like serve up that that experience. Um, you know, a lot of people don't they they worry about, oh, I need to change this for Google, I need to change this on my site for Google, and then they really lose track of that like user actual experience. Right. On the phones, or they think of phones as like secondary, right? You know, and they just think a website as being desktop only, and right. That's such a huge thing just to focus on. You know, what is it? What does our site actually look like when our users pull it up on their phones? Right. You know, do you need all of that information that the desktop experience is going to have for it? You know, all that functionality. I think a lot of the problems, at least in my opinion is that a lot of those themes now, you know, they're all responsive just out of the box, right? But they're just responsive from, you know, like a basic like bootstrap and everything else. And so people don't think that they need to, you know, spend any additional time on that responsiveness of their website because it's going to happen automatically if they chose a theme. Yeah, a lot of the the responsive themes, like some of them take up a lot of resources. Oh, yeah, they do. And there's a lot of things that you can actually, you know, kind of, streamline and cut down of that theme to get it to be even better and more responsive or um, um, even like uh, uh, certain plugins and stuff that maybe you don't even realize that are installed right will hang up your website you uh, know quite a bit so so when you take like you're taking a look at the account right or a website and you need know you need to improve the overall website speed right what's your process like what do you typically do all right well first like I like to actually go through <clears throat> and first look at where is this website hosted at for one. Yeah, hosting you know, is a big thing. What kind of server speed are we at? Are we on like a, a shared hosting environment? Do we have like a dedicated server? Do we have like that dedicated IP? Mm-hmm. Um, it even even comes down to like, all right, are we running the latest version of PHP? Oh, yeah. Like just like those real like technical things like that, just the basics from the start. Where is this thing hosted at? And a lot of people will say like they have their favorite web host and this and that, but that's fine. But it really comes down to like, you really need to spend that little extra money to get the more premium service yeah. and not that just cheap, oh, host it here for $5 a month. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's probably going to be a pretty slow site player. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of websites uh, running issues when they choose a poor host. And, you know, that you make the, the economical decision. You know, you go with that lower end one and you get lower end you know, host. And people think a lot of times, well, you know, I don't need a lot with my host. Yeah, I just I don't have much going on with my website. I don't get a lot of traffic, but they don't consider the the impact that a slow site or that having a server like that's going to be on on their site. How slow it's going to be? Yeah, for sure. And <clears throat> you know, I personally like I had slow sites for. I've tried like several different hosting platforms and stuff. Yeah. I've tried them all. You know, just to and I like to kind of switch platforms once in a while. Um, just to you know, see differences and like learn differences of them, right? Um, so if you take like, um, like I use you know, like GoDaddy hosting, right? But I had that for years, and like um, all of a sudden, like one day, because I was running like GoDaddy WordPress, you know, everything yeah. like that, self-hosted WordPress, you know, and my site was, was slow for a while, right? right? And I'm like, why is my site slow now? Like all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like. Like, things were taking just too long to load, and I was looking at, like, different things. What is there things I could optimize? But still, like, wasn't getting that, that fast load response, right? And uh, and so I call, I just called them one day. Yeah. And I was like, 
how can I make my site faster? And they're like, oh, you're on like really old server shared environment, right? Like, and I'm like, well, what do I got to do? Like, help me out. Like, what do I got to do? And they, and they were like really good about saying like, well, here's the fastest stuff we have now. And you really actually, you probably really should be on this. Right. You know? And then, but once I like spent that extra money, like, you know, like you got to pay to play. Right. You know, once I spent that extra money and then got stuff like, revved up like stuff holds fast now that's good you know and i'm surprised you got that with godaddy i mean you don't really hear of them as being a a good host when you're looking to to have a little bit more stronger of a server presence. like wp engine you know is one that we use yeah. quite a bit more yeah well I, I just feel like it's all who you get on the phone that day when you call <laughs> like i i think i've had struggles with every provider at some point but all of a sudden like you'll get that one awesome like uh, customer service rep on the phone, it, like, helps you out, man, you know? Yeah, I guess as long as they actually have the, the infrastructure. Do you do anything with uh, CDNs, content delivery networks? Um, Only a little bit. I've played around with it a little bit. See, I think that's going to become, you know, a must-have for, for any website that's really looking to make a difference for their speed because what that does is really make it so – regardless of where somebody logs into your site, right? They're going to make sure that that content, and we're talking, you know, files are getting large now, you know, video, images, all that information, right? Make sure that it's going to be loaded to that person in their area. You know, that's going to significantly cut down the load times and everything else. So, I mean, pretty soon that's going to be a must-have just like everything else. Yeah, and also there's like, um, you know, CDN-wise, like Cloudflare, like you can get that stuff like for free set up, but there's also paid yeah. You know, CDNs out there, which probably is even better, you yeah, know? you probably got to go paid if you're going to have that. But if your site's got a lot of lot of content on there, I mean, that's that, that's something that could make a big difference really quick on, in terms of your site speed. But I love the, the whole concept because, like, um, you know, basically your site is cached in several places. Right. And then, like, you know, when someone, where, wherever they're at, it pulls from the closest location. So then your site loads even faster, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty good way to go too, especially if you got like a big like a huge site, right? Oh yeah, I mean you have a lot of content on there. You know, you don't want to ship it across all the way overseas every time somebody wants to log in and look at it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you, know, you don't think about that, but it, you know, the farther you are away from where it's being served, just the longer it's going to take in terms of load time. Yeah, for shipping's it. expensive. <laughs> <laughs> Can't your CDN have that taken care of? You know, make it more regional. <laughs> Well, what else do you do? So you take a look at the host, you know, you see what how the content's being delivered, you know, maybe you get a CDN for it. What else are you trying to do when you're looking to improve the site speed? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different, like, red flags that pop up, right? Um, so, like, even, like, uh, like your Java and CSS, right, was oh, running yeah. on that platform. You want to minify Yeah, minify that. And CSS, yeah. Images, obviously, you don't want to just – a lot of people just, like – don't crop their images and stuff, right? right? They don't make them as as uh, small as they should be. They just throw like the super huge high res image out there, and then they let the, the responsive template kind of shrink it down or whatever. Which is fine if you have like a a big banner or something. But there's always like recommended sizes for those things. Well, the biggest thing too is if you're not serving your know, server scaled images, right? Whereas uh, you're actually having the the image or using HTML to resize the image, is that it's actually loading that large image and then it's shrinking it down that's that's one of the biggest things that i can see have an impact on site speed is when people have a lot of large high resolution images they load slow 
right? But if you actually just put them into the size that you know you're going to need them in, resize them before you upload them, before you add them to the website, that can have a big impact. And, um, you know, the other thing I look for too is like, is like, uh, I'll go out and see like, is this site submitted to Google properly, right? Oh, is yeah. Google like indexing my site? Um, are all my pages in there? Um, do I have any like errors? Am I blocking things that shouldn't be blocked? Like, and you just go right into Search Console for that, right? Yeah, you mm-hmm. go right in there. Search Console is awesome, dude. Yeah, especially with the new updates, how they've added a lot more features yeah. to it, made it so you can get like some even additional data, like go back in history longer down. Oh, it's great, and it'll show you like. You know, they'll recommend stuff like what you're doing wrong, you know, things that are being blocked. Um, and then you can basically, um, like, if you're going to, like, submit a sitemap and stuff, you can test that before you submit it. Oh, yeah. Like, it'll tell you step by step, basically. Right, so if you have any crawl errors, which is basically Google saying, yeah. like, hey, we're having an issue finding this stuff on your website, right, or crawling your website, that's a huge red flag. You got to get that taken care of. Mm-hmm. You know, another big thing, too, right? I don't know how much this plays into the actual site speed itself, but I think one thing that gets overlooked quite a bit is the site structure, right? Because you take a look at how a website is structured in terms of, you know, what is that hierarchy? How are people getting from A to B? What's your navigation look like? And how does everything flow? That's huge, right? That's how it's passing, you know, your search engine, right, equity that you've built up from one page to another, right? How is that all flowing? How is the user getting from one page to another? Like All of that, I think, is usually after the fact because I think most people mistakenly have their website developed and then have somebody come in and start doing, you know, the, the SEO of it when really you need to get somebody that knows how search engines work, right? An SEO specialist, you need to get them involved as part of that website build because otherwise you're just going through and just undoing things that have already been done that you could have fixed right away when the site launched. Yeah, you know, I see a lot of that where um, you're not bringing in that technical aspect or like that SEO eyes on the project until after launch. It's more like focused on like the look, the design, the colors, right? And like usually the navigation and like SEO is like, oh, well, this site we launched isn't working you fix it. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. you know, instead of if you would have had that person involved in the beginning, you know, you'd be able to say, okay, yeah. this having the site designed this way is going to have an impact on, you know, your SEO by this, right? And just having that knowledge base, right? Because a lot of a lot of designers, right, especially from, you know, more of a graphic design perspective and even a lot of developers, you know, it isn't it isn't necessarily in their wheelhouse just because they could design and and develop websites. You know, SEO is a, is a different skill and not all of them have it. Dude, and even on, like, redesigns. Oh, yeah. People are, like, launching sites and don't even do redirects. I know. And not having a 301 redirect strategy set up as part of redesigning a website, that is going to make your rankings plummet. Like, I see that all the time, and I'm like, I don't even know who you are right now. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's crazy, man. When you look at analytics right after the redesign, if they don't have 301 redirects, all you see is just the dip. Oh, right, that dip. Yeah, or you like try to pull up their pages in Google and it just goes to an error. Yeah, that that's you scary. Know? Yeah, that, that that's a scary thing. And, you know, the problem with that too is you know, they're basically hired somebody, right? Or maybe they're doing it themselves, they didn't do enough research, but you hired somebody that didn't have that skill set or that knowledge, you know, and that can really jeopardize your business. I mean, you look at some of the negative things that can happen from losing all of your rankings, all of your traffic, you've got to catch that quick. And if the person didn't know enough to do that in the first place, 
big question is, you know, are they going to know what's wrong when they're looking at it? That's scary. Totally, totally. And that's why, like, you need both. Like, you need, like, a, a really strong designer. Right. And you need, like, a really strong <laughs> SEO technical guy, you know. Well, and developer, too. I mean, you yeah. don't want to ignore that. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good team. Like, you need it all. Like, you need every piece. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, doing that, making sure the website's fast, uh, going through those things that we just talked about right now, those little things right there, that can make a big difference in someone's rankings quickly. Oh, it's huge. And just, like, identifying what those things are, you know? Right. Just, like, being able to identify, like, not that you have to do, like, everything at once, but, like, just to be able to identify, like, okay, here's what all the, say, the top 20 technical issues are, like, what do we need to fix first that's going to make the quickest impact, and then how can we get the rest of these things accomplished? I think that what separates good SEO people from great SEO, right, is that they know what to prioritize, right? They're able to look at that list because it's easy to go in and find a lot of things wrong with the website as long as you you know, you know, search engine optimization, right? So it's easy to go in, find a lot of technical aspects that are wrong, come up with a content creation strategy, right? We're not really talking about that part of SEO, but I don't want to leave that out because that's critical <laughs> right but if you take a look at that then you know being able to prioritize all these things that you're finding for what's going to make the biggest return sooner that and having a process right what do you do what are the steps that you go through as part of you know you're optimizing a website for search i think those two things right there would really separate the seo professionals and being able to adapt to change because oh, yeah. these things are constantly changing Right. Like every day, every week, right? Right. You've got to keep up to that. You know, you've got to have you got to have an interest in it. Because if you if you're just doing it as part of like, oh, I got hired from this company, I don't really like doing search engine optimization, but that's that's part of my job, you get outdated really fast. Oh, really quick. And yeah, like you said, like you gotta keep up with the latest stuff. Like if it's like listening to podcasts or subscribing to blogs, industry stuff, right? What's one thing that you used to be able to get away with that you can't anymore? Mm. It's a great question, right? Because SEO has changed so much that all yeah. these tactics that you used to be able to implement, right, well, no longer even work. Right off the top of my head, like one that was really big, um, and it still kind of is, but like even like uh, when you get into like those uh, meta descriptions, right, yeah. having like really long, like for really long meta descriptions, or do you have a shorter one, right, right, um, or is Google just randomly pulling in whatever they want? Mm-hmm. So, you know, at one point it was like, let's make really long descriptions. And that was working for a few months, right? Right. And then it was like, oh, I don't know. Well, we're kind of going to pull those in, but they can be shorter now. Right. So, right? so you got to kind of keep up with like, oh, okay, what is it this week? Well, and that was even somewhat recently, right? Yeah. Like the whole meta description change. Right? Yeah. You know, I, I remember back when, you know, you used to be able to, you know, just stuff keywords on the site and that would link because or work because it was just oh, relevancy or, for Or like when people put like links. Uh, white text on white background. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hiding them in there. Yeah, that used to. I mean, but people used to do it because it would work. I mean, JCPenney, actually. Remember when they got in a lot of trouble because they were just doing those sort of black hat tactics? Yeah, and yeah. They actually got de-indexed from Google because of that. They had that manual action against them. Yeah, or, like, I've seen, like, where people would, like, 
create like multiple websites, like 50 websites and all link back to the one, right, you yeah. know, a lot of like just different like random like black hat techniques. Yeah. It's good that uh, Google's really evolved since then because it's making it so, you know, the searches are better, right? The actual results, all they want to do is provide the best answer. So while there's a lot of, you know, SEO tactics that you need to consider, right, especially when we're talking about technical SEO, because you can come up with the greatest article ever that answers every single question, you know, exactly the way that the user wants it. But if if Google can't really find that because you're having technical issues or crawl issues or your site loads really slow, nobody's going to stay around and actually li- read that, right? So you need to make sure you're covering all those bases, but make sure that you're just coming up with the best content that you can, answering the questions. You know, we can probably dive into that in another episode, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah, totally. That's a whole other episode that we could that's talk about. That's probably like five episodes. <laughs> we could do a whole season on that. That'd be great. We'll just call it the content creation season for uh, on marketing. <laughs> awesome. All right. So if you're listening, make sure you keep listening. Make sure that you leave a review, right? We want to know that you're out there, that you're liking it or not liking what we're talking about, yeah, right? smash that like button. <laughs> Is that what people say? Yeah, I don't know. Smash the like button. Subscribe. Yeah, Hit that subscribe. subscribe. Right. Hit us up. Leave some comments. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. All right. Till next time. Thank you for listening to the GS on Marketing Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at GS on Marketing. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and wherever podcasts are sold.